Oh, this is Ryan from uh, Bang Average Podcast, and fucking <laughs> it's cold here, and you know, I said. <laughs> Joining the Amigos now, we have John Wolin, who you should all know and love from his Twitter account, at Fantasy Gaffer. John, you're very welcome to the show. Are you ready to bare your soul to the FBL community? I know uh, no in love seems a bit strong, but yeah, I'm here for this. Oh, we, we feel very passionately about you, John. <laughs> you're, you're our favorite, Yank. <laughs> uh, so tell us, number number one, the first question is always describe yourself for us in three words. Uh, describe myself uh here for the joy that's four words um good lord you know i am actually prepared for this you guys you, you guys were kind enough to send over the questions and i appreciate that i did take the time to read them um i uh yeah i don't know i am um, i'm here for the joy like it uh, i i like doing things that i like to do and i don't have a whole lot of time for um anything else so that's that's four words here for the joy, but I'm going to use those four as my three words. Oh, fair enough. We'll let you let you away with that one. I appreciate it. Why not? I, like I'll do better on the rest of them. It's all right. So, John, um, tell us where do you live? With that accent, we can tell where you're from. But where do you live, and what do you do? What do you currently do? Um, yeah, so I'm in the states. I work as an attorney, and uh, when I'm not chasing around, uh, well, you guys have had on. Uh, your man Ryan from Fantasy Irma. So when I'm not chasing him around the globe via his uh, his many exploits, um, I'm working over at Taga. So uh, for people that don't know, Taga is a draft format of FPL. Um, in American sports, uh, draft format is the preeminent format over the salary cap format for the OFPL. So Taga got started four years ago. I've been their head of content since uh, August of the first year that we launched, and. Uh, pretty much spend my time doing that yeah it's great so if you have a brilliant game there i've played it myself on many occasions um of course as you mentioned we did have ryan on um yeah and he was uh he i think he set the record as being our longest getting to know your podcast <laughs> so you you know yourself once he starts you can't shut up isn't that right <laughs> i assume you only got to like three questions with him as well <laughs> no no he was he was very open and honest no he was very he was excellent Especially his question um, when he managed to throw in a product um, pitch, a commercial pitch, right in the middle of the um, podcast <laughs> production. <laughs> uh, tell us, uh, how and when did you first get into FBL? And we'll, we'll add in um, draft football, of course, as well, and football in general. Because I know you're a good Liverpool fan like ourselves. Yeah, I've been. Well, um, so I grew up in the States, and it used to be really hard to watch um, any kind of football over here. I mean, we didn't have a real domestic league, and if you wanted to watch uh, at the time, Syria A was probably the league that people over here wanted to follow the most. Um, I followed the Premier League a lot. Uh, friends of mine in high school, so when we were, you know, 15, 16 years old, um, kind of like put our money together and, and we'd order magazines or we'd get newspapers or whatever. And then uh, when I came over, I was actually living in England uh, right around the time the 442 launched, not to date myself, but I'm, I'm that old. 
and uh, <laughs> so I got a subscription to that, and 442 was like a you know it was a godsend. And then um, ESPN over here started picking up the Champions League matches, so I kind of grew up watching Real Madrid win everything under the sun. Uh, I was already kind of half tuned into Real because Steve McManaman had made the transition, and so I mean I had like a Maca kit and and. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like Liverpool's, it just kind of fit right. Like um, coming up in the era of the Spice Boys and uh, kind of really loving Robbie Fowler and and Maka and and all those guys, and then um, just, just sticking right along and you know teaching my kids the Torres songs and the Suarez songs, oh, yeah. and you know it's been <laughs> it's been really nice having kids actually probably reinvigorated it because you know you get older yeah. and you start working a little bit and you you kind of lose your hobbies, but been been fantastic having kids and getting to you know kind of rediscover the joy in it yeah i brainwashed my kids from birth <laughs> and um I, I remember the torres song remember the one for um remember the, the liverpool with support in spain and was it the european championships um and uh there was like a liverpool it was a liverpool song for torres liverpool's number nine and it was like yeah. i remember the, my kids sitting around the computer and we were watching that video over and over and over again they loved it but um the uh yeah but i was actually wondering because one one thing that's interesting i'm uh i'm a green bay packers fan and 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 one one way and i was identifying with packers first off i identified with them as kind of a small fan-owned team and yeah. it seemed like the right kind of ethos that kind of matched up with me and say my Liverpool fandom was there any like was there anything like that that you kind of when you were looking at the teams or was it mainly because Liverpool were kind of relatively successful and there were you know you know that you liked the players and the style of play you know it's it was absolutely the players and the style of play because again we I didn't I didn't grow up with the history of Liverpool so when I adopted Liverpool they were not like all conquering champions of Europe. They were a team that was struggling to win an FA cup, you know, and it mm. was really kind of like the brashness and the, I mean, like a little bit of the cocksure and like, frankly, like a little bit of the disrespectful attitude that those guys had. I mean, I, I don't mm. think anybody was surprised that like Fowler and Maka like grew up to buy racehorses and, you know, name them some horse and another horse. And like that really appealed to me. Like I, you already felt like an outsider following the premier league in the States. So I think it was a, it was naturally a draw to want to follow the side that you kind of felt was like good, but also were kind of outsiders. Like they were anti-establishment. They were a little brash. They were a little like, a little full of themselves. Excellent. <laughs> but you know um, what? I, I love that about the team now too, man. Like I love, like, I mean, you guys know, I mean, I've, I've been preaching the, you know, the gospel of Bobby Firmino for like four years in the United States too. Like a whole, a whole host of people slating it. But like, I, I just, I love the way that this team is currently construed and, and I love, I love the, the personalities and the players that they brought in. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. For me, it's amazing how we, uh, managed to just keep finding players, even without the money that City have. We seem to find those players and make them world, make them world class with us, which is uh, which is always good. Um, so tell us, uh, John, uh, talking about FPL and Toga, what's your highest ever finish, and is that your best memory of the game when you finish the highest? So, <laughs> so I started with FPL like back in two thousand and eleven. 11 ish so like um like ryan i've known for you know seven eight years um ash over at fpl hints i've known for like seven eight years um and i i used to run probably i mean probably like you guys did at one point but i used to run like four or five different teams 
And one of my teams finished inside the top like 8,000. I mean, I wasn't ever like a top 100 player, but, um, you know, well inside the top 10,000. And I went back after you sent me your questions and I tried to find it and I have no idea what email address I ran it under. But the best result for my current team, which I've only played with like three or four years, I, I mean, it's, it's just inside the top 100,000. Um, and no, that is absolutely not my best memory. My best memory was handing uh, the triple, uh, the triple, uh, not the triple captain, the the regular captain. There wasn't a triple captain at the time. The regular captain to uh, Dimitar Barbatov um, during the double game week five years ago when he hit the the five goals with the one assist, and like that was amazing. <laughs> and I mean, felt kind of gross. Hell of a game week, wasn't it? Kind of, kind of felt bad about it. But... <laughs> no, you, you shouldn't. <laughs> he was playing for Man United probably at the time, was he? Five, he was, well, no, yeah. five years ago. He would have yeah. been, yeah. Uh, I can understand why that would make you feel a bit dirty, all right? <laughs> but I mean, it felt uh, so good for my team. And like, I think, I, I mean, I, I have distinct recollection that like I jumped at, like a couple hundred people in my mini league that day. So that was, that was a great feeling. Yeah, excellent. Um, and tell us, what do you like most about? We'll we'll probably stick to the FPL game on this because I know you'll like a lot of stuff about the draft game. I personally like it too. But what is it you like best about the FPL game, and what do you dislike most? I, well, I, I dislike most the fact that everyone has the same team, and not to be dismissive, but I mean that that's a huge that I, that idea. You know that everyone, you know, eighty percent of active teams right now, live teams right now, have Mo Salah. Like that's, that's not really fun. Um, you know, and I've made the joke many times as have many others, but you know, I mean, if, if you're playing, you know, like La Liga, it's not, you know, your best 11, it's your best nine because everybody has Messi and Ronaldo, because if you don't, you know, you you may as well not bother to come out every week. And I kind Mm. of feel that way right now about, you know, Kane, Salah, and, uh, to a lesser extent, um, Milivojevic at, at Crystal Palace. I mean, dude's got 130 points and he's only 5.1 million. So, um, but my favorite part about it is, is the community. I mean, you have two or three million people that are playing um, live. You know, obviously they have five and a half million teams, but some of us have two teams or more, and a lot of people fall off week to week. Um, but I mean, it's it's an amazing community. It's full of people that are in- incredibly insightful, that are like keenly passionate about not just the game, but about the community itself. And I love the support people show each other across, uh, you know, across supporter lines has always been one of my favorite things that you can, you know, love your club, but you love your fantasy league. And if you're really a part of this community, then you also love the other people in it, regardless of their club affiliation or, you know, how, how badly they trounce you in a mini league or, or anything else. So that's, that's probably my favorite part of it. Nice. That's yeah. I completely agree with you about the community. By the way, it's uh, it's it's really good and it makes it makes it more interesting and more enjoyable. Um, so, John, you're the boss of the FBL for one day, and you can change one rule or feature in the game. <laughs> what would it be? Well, I, I mean, I was I was I benefit from the fact that um, I, I'm part of a team that got to create their own fantasy soccer game, fantasy football game, and so. Um, I've had a lot of time to think about this. With respect to the salary cap game, I think the thing that I would change would be the penalty. Because if you want to have a game be a salary cap game, I don't have a problem with that. But this concept that you have to pay for points, like if someone can afford to put a player in their team, they should be able to do that on a week-to-week basis 
without having to pay a hit. And I think that you'd see just, I mean, a flurry of activity. So many people would be involved. You'd see crazy things. People would, you know, trade seven, eight players out of their squad in a given game week. And I think that template teams would actually, they'd go the way of the Dodo. I, I think there's a concern that if there were free unlimited transfers, every team would be a template team. Because, you know, obviously, oh, everyone would get the same best 11 players in. But what I've found from, uh, you know, working with the team at Taga, we have a, we have a weekly FPL game called Perfect 11, where you, there's no salary cap. You can literally just pick the best 11 players that you want each week. And what we've actually found over four years is there's no such thing as a template team. The number of players that are owned in more than 50% of um, teams at kickoff, it's less than one or two players per position. And with the salary cap format, you're already constrained. So if you got rid of the penalty, I, just, I think it would be amazing. And it would absolutely reinvigorate my love, you know, reinvigorate my love for that format. Great answer, John. I like it. Um, we should put you, I think, in charge of FPL for one day. You'd, uh, you'd definitely shake things up. Uh, tell us. Yeah, I will your... say this. I will say Go this is a small community, but like we know those guys and we love those guys. And like, we think they do a great job with the game. You know, it's just a difference of opinion. Yeah, I have you. Yeah. Uh, describe yourself as an FPL manager in three words for us. Oh, um, I, I will pay penalty, uh, risk adverse. There we go. I only need two for this one. I am risk adverse. No, I am risk embracing. There we go. I am risk embracing. Uh, I am, I'm perfectly happy. This week I paid a 12 point, uh, hit. And so far it's working out all right. I will, I will fade players like, oh, I'm sorry, you guys do some DFS. So, um, fade, you know, yeah. I will, I'll have nobody in my side from. So like, uh, this week I faded, um, Spurs and Man City. Like I just said, everyone is going to have Spurs and Man City. I will actually pay a four point hit to get out my last city player and bring in somebody else that I believe in more. Uh, just kind of be, be contrary. Yeah, fade for um for people who don't know what it is, it's basically avoid or decrease your kind of ownership of them. Um they'd be probably high owned, high popular players, but you you decrease your ownership a little bit. You're not a believer in them basically. But yeah, good stuff, John. So John, what's uh what's your target each season? Is it to beat Ryan or is it even better? Yeah, well, it's it's to beat Ryan, it's to beat Mike, it's to beat Ash. Like the the guys that I've known out, Neil. I mean, you guys know Neil Thurman from um, from Roto World as well. Like, you know, I want to beat the guys that I know, the people that I meet up with in person, and uh, you know, that I can have a pint with and just bludgeon into the ground with the fact that that I've won this season. I have to have a new goal because I've lost to all of them, but. Um, yeah, generally I want to finish like, you know, inside the top 100 to 50,000. Um, I want to try and remember to set my lineup every week, even when I'm on vacation or when all of a sudden there's a random Tuesday week. Um, and I want to do, I want to claim one player in the summer that like I just really believe in. So four years ago, that was Firmino. Three years ago, um, that was Mares. Those both worked out okay. Um, this past summer, I'm trying to think of who it was because uh, it did not work. Uh, I guess you could probably look at it as either, well, he's playing today, Anthony Knockhart, 
who I really liked as a value proposition, even over his teammate, uh, Pascal Gross, uh, or I, I loved Ross Barkley at Everton. So for next season, uh, my goal is to avoid all of the Ross Barkleys. <laughs> That's a good ploy. Yeah. It's a good tactic. Um, tell us, what is the one thing you must do before each deadline? So that's uh, read a blog, look at any data, listen to the Three Amigos podcast. <laughs> I, I do listen to the Three Amigos podcast. Uh, I will plead ignorance as to your Twitter handle because I, I accidentally tagged the wrong Three Amigos when I was tweeting about this <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Uh, I try and record an episode of our show, which is Bang Average Pod, which is, of course, me, Ryan, and Mike. Um, And then um, because of... because of the draft game uh, over at Tiger, you know, we try and make sure that we get up some polls or that we get out some ranks. Um, ranking is much more important uh, on a week-to-week basis in the draft format than it is in the OFPL. I mean, OFPL, you're, again, you're tempering against um, ownership and salary cap and, and taking a hit. So it's hard to say, you know, this week I really like Lucas Mora if he starts against Brighton. Again, bad prediction, but, you know, it's – that's a play that you can feasibly make in other formats. So for the draft game, what I try and make sure that I do, again, I am I am very uh, risk tolerant. I will spend my free transfer every week. Sometimes I will spend more than my free transfer every week. Um, and the rule that I have learned this year more than any other, as I have converted to being almost fully mobile, I'm almost entirely on my phone, is to make sure I actually hit save team. Because not hitting save team, guys, not hitting save team has cost me – I'm going to ballpark it at 100 points this year. <laughs> when I wake up on Saturday morning and I look at my phone and I go, oh, man, look at all those great points. Oh, is that Mctarian for Arsenal? Yeah, I picked that. That's a, that's a – oh, yeah, two assists. No, it's wonderful. And then I look at my team <laughs> and um, he's not in it and I still own Robbie Brady. <laughs> yeah, the uh, with the app, the app has gotten coming in for a lot of criticism this year, of course. Um, and our own Dale was um, has had a few run-ins with it over the over the season. But um, you, you hopefully, hopefully that will improve next season. When it comes to choosing captains and deciding your transfers, obviously from now on we know that you're gonna make sure that you sub- you press the submit button. But w- when do you do it, and w- how do you usually do that? What makes you decide on your captain and transfers? So, I again, I will transfer players early and often. And if I'm watching matches on a Saturday or Sunday or, or even a Monday, and I recognize that because of a performance that I'm watching live, a player that I targeted for the next week is due to tick up um, point one. Again, because I'm transferring players so frequently, I don't have a, a lot of money in the bank. So if I like Theo Walcott when he signs for Everton, and please don't check my timeline and see that I liked Theo Walcott when he signed for Everton, but <laughs> if I want to get him in, I know I got to get him in at 7.1. I can't wait for him to be at 7.3. So I'll make that uh, I'll make that move early in the week uh, with my one free transfer. And then if there's someone else that I after I do my research, after I listen to you guys, after I you know after I read a variety of sites. I will come in and I'll be willing to pay that four points and I'll feel good about it because I'll have done the research. Research is really important, even though I have to say I've read um, an, an awful lot less um, blogs 
than than I used to do. And um, I think and it would, but I think the captaincy picks, as you said, I think a lot of people do that is basically have their captain lined up from the start of the at the end of the previous game week. And if nothing has changed, they kind of stick with it. Um, but Don, but, uh, tell right? us, John. But hold on, wait, wait, wait. No, no, because I want I want to hear from you because look, this is my opportunity to ask you guys questions. When, when <laughs> let's say you've picked. Let's say you pick Mo Salah to be your captain because you really like him because you know he's playing against Bournemouth or whatnot, and then you read or you know Bobby Firmino, right? Let's use the real example. Let's say you pick Bobby Firmino as a differential captain, and then you hear that he has a, a neck tweak. When during the week are you willing to make that change? Do you just kind of take a step back, take your hands off the keyboard, and say? I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to make sure that my my vice captain is a very pragmatic pick, but I'm going to leave the captain's armband on Bobby. Or do you constantly change that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday as you're reading news, as you're getting reports, as you're listening to the managers, pressers? Like, are you do you change your captain's pick two or three times during the week? No, I'd leave it on. I'd leave it on him. And the only reason I'd really get rid, if I was thinking, you know, if say it was more than after that game week, if he was looking like he had some sticky fixtures, or I was considering selling them, then mm-hmm. I might sell someone early. But in most cases, with with an injury or something like that, I just leave it on him. Um, it have someone safe as your as your vice. And basically leave it on them for then. But it is kind of more of an issue, I guess, if it's somebody that's a really high, um, high priced player, if you have them in yeah. your lineup and, you know, and you're, you're going right. If, or, or if it's somebody who doesn't have a neck injury, but something like they're a little bit maybe tired or the manager's talking about possibly resting them, then you're kind of dreading the 15 minute cameo at the yep. end of a game. Whereas neck injury wise, I'd probably be thinking it's either he'll play 90 or he won't play at all. Yeah, that's fair. No, I, I like that approach. Mars, do you have anything different on that? No, I'm, I'm, I'm similar. To be honest, I choose my captain as soon as the uh, game week kicks off. So as soon as the deadline is um, is over and the site is uh, not updating, I choose my captain. And then throughout the week, I will just check if if they are if they are not injured or no, you know, if, if no big no big deal. Uh, that I'm not worried about, they will stay there. If I hear that there is a slight knock here and there, depends where it's coming from as well. If it's a reliable source, then then I, um, then I might change it or have a really strong vice captain ready. Um, but yeah, I choose my captain early and stick with it. Yeah, I like that. I got to say, I really like that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack you guys. Oh, you're all no, good. No, it's we good. Like the, so good. like it. <laughs> Um, tell us, as a good Liverpool boy, do you have any no-go players or teams that you... Now, there might be someone who's let you down in the past, or it could be maybe, um, do you try to avoid having too many Manchester United players, for instance, in your team? Well, again, because of the rules of the game where you can only have three players for a side, I typically will end up having three Liverpool players. It's been a whole lot easier uh, ever since, you know, uh, Gerard Torres and then I guess John Onrisa maybe or, or rotating somebody in. And then, of course, once you had Luis Suarez in there, uh, it was very easy. And, and right now um, I will run out a team that includes um, all of uh, Sadio, uh, <laughs> Mo and Bobby and feel all the better for it. But I don't I don't have any I don't have any players or, or teams that are really um, off limits because of because of whom I support, I guess I look at it this way. Like I am perfectly happy to own Paul Pogba because I think his price is uh, a good price. 
and have him score three goals for Manchester United and have United lose 4-3 every week and finish the season 0-0-38 with Pogba scoring 124 goals. Like, that's that's an ideal FPL season for me right there. So, John, if you could pick one player, past or present, for your FPL team, who would that be? Man, I, I'm still going to go with Luis Suarez. Like, in in the in the modern day F version of FPL, and again using the current rules that we have, like I don't I don't see anybody that's really better. And I'm predicating that on, and you guys will know this as Liverpool supporters and, and diehard FPL players. Mo Salah, for as good as he's been, he doesn't even have the most bonus points on Liverpool this season. Roberto Firmino has the most bonus points on Liverpool. Uh, and one thing that Suarez used to do. Uh, because he was so dominant on the ball, because he created chances, his his passing was so efficient, he was dispossessed so infrequently, had a high number of goals and assists, of course, which are, are the gold standard for the OPL. Suarez used to just like scoop buckets of bonus points. Um, biting incidents aside, I really like Luis Suarez, and he didn't bite me, so I don't really have a problem with the biting incidents. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Suarez. Yeah, his, he was unbelievable that year. Jesus. Well, uh, for a couple of years, but for that year in particular. Um, tell us, John, um, what do you like best about being part of the FPL community? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, all of it's pretty good. Um, I love when people rally around, uh, rally around causes that are outside of FPL. Uh, I love seeing... Uh, all the love that's shown to folks when they're going through uh, a hard time, whether they've lost a job or they're going through a medical issue or, or you know, they've just uh, had a rough week and they decide to vent. And I love that the community is big enough and um, strong enough and compassionate enough that um, people will really will really reach out and, and you'll just you'll see these posts that come in and you're, you know, you're just kind of blown away um, by the empathy and the compassion that people show. Um, on the, you know, outside of that, um, I, I love the, the variety of opinion, you know, sometimes when you get into particularly like on like a Twitter or, you know, on a, a Reddit or, or a Facebook, you get into a community and you find that the echo chamber becomes really loud and one person would, you know, in shout, Oh, Kane has to be captain. And, and you hear every other voice start shouting, Oh, Kane has to be captain because nobody wants to be wrong. And what I really like about the FPL community, particularly in the last few years, with the diversification of the, the number of podcasts that are out and, and people that are doing uh, Facebook video and, and writing their own blogs or, or participating in, in mainstream media sites, is there are so many more strong voices coming out and taking uh, disparate opinions and then backing them up with fact. People aren't just out here you know, screaming things because they want to be noticed. They're actually putting in the work. Uh, and they're doing a service to the community to say, hey, listen, here's a thing that I'm doing. I think I'm right. Here's why I think it. And that heartens me every day. Every time I go out, I try and read that. I try and amplify that as much as I can across my social. Um, and I love to see when um, other folks in the community do that as well. Nice. Yeah, no, I completely agree with everything you said. Um, yeah, like I said before, the community is uh, something I really really value and enjoy so switching switching questions now enough of fpl what's your favorite <laughs> meal and favorite drink uh well i'm drinking a highlight ipa from cigar city brewing down here in florida while i'm chatting with you 
And uh, I would say a nice cold beer is, is right up there at the top of my list. Um, there's also a, a, a probably gin and tonic is, is right is right behind that. Um, what, what do you add on before I go to meal? What do you guys have for your favorite drinks? Have you done this on other shows? I apologize because I haven't heard everyone. I've heard most, but I don't know that I've heard you identify your own favorite drinks. Um, the favorite drinks, well, beer, craft beer is kind of high up there for me. <laughs> but um, but um, Mars Mars likes to have his um. Coke with Mars lime. I'm, I'm a, a non-drinker. Oh, that's it. Coke with lime. That's it. Yeah. Coke with yeah, lime. Yeah. If you hate me, you give me Coke with le- with lemon. If you really, really hate me, you give me diet. <laughs> you give me diet Coke. <laughs> and if you're trying to say something to him, you give him a diet Coke. Yeah. Diet Coke with lemon. He might man, stab you. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, my favorite food, man. That's really hard. Um, I like um, I like Thai street food. Like I like uh, like uh, spicy dumplings and and uh, yellow noodles and lots of scallions and and bean sprouts and and shoots and um yeah if I had like uh, I cook a lot I know Dale's not on today or at least he's not on this bit with me but like I cook a lot um, and sometimes it's. Like my favorite meal is just like what I'm able to make with whatever is left over in in the cupboard or the refrigerator, um, and some of those are like the best meals that like or the most the meals that I'm most proud of, right? Like you open a yeah. door and you say, oh, "What can you actually do with this?" And then you you put a plate of food on the table that tastes good and and you know kind of like makes your soul happy. Yeah, that's the best meals, the ones you pull out of the fridge and you actually just make it with leftovers and bits in the fridge and you're going, you make a Whopper meal and it's um, it does feel nice. But uh, D- Dale would have this. been proud of that answer. And he, <laughs> he, he, would, he, yeah, actually, yeah. he actually couldn't make tonight. He, he's not he's not uh, recording the pod, so he, he does send his apologies, but he would have been proud of that answer, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us, if your house is on fire and uh, you could only save one non-living item, what would you grab, John? Uh, I have a, uh, mini treble kit, uh, from the Europa League treble season, uh, official jersey signed by Robbie Fowler. I would try and grab that. It's a little bit ungainly because it's probably about three and a half foot by three and a half foot. <laughs> and it weighs like 25 pounds because it's got real glass in it for whatever reason. But <laughs> I'd probably try and grab that. Um, if not, uh, both my both my boys keep like um, go bags, uh, just like backpacks that have like their toys and, and stuffed animals and coloring books. Uh, and if those happen to be packed, I'd probably grab I'd probably grab those, lest I be labeled a negligent father. So you'd be listen, climbing guys, out the window, climbing out the window with fire, and you're you're the, you'd be the plonker with a massive big picture frame. With, uh, <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. The window, yeah. In the moment, in the moment, my kids would want to have their stuffed animals, but in 15 years, they're gonna really want to have that kit that God signed. So I, I think I'm doing them a service by ignoring the stuffed <laughs> animals in favor of the shirt. Oh, yeah, they don't understand totally. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So apart from uh, being a you know a good cook, 
creating podcasts and FBL games and being an attorney. Any other special skills? No, I mean, I think, um, I think you got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! Yeah. I'm, thank you for saying it. If I say it, that goddamn do I sound self <laughs> self serving. Um, it's always better when somebody else says it. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I'm I, 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 I'm not like a good painter. I can't can carry. Oh, I'm sorry for the cursing. I don't know if you guys run the explicit. We have Ryan on our podcast, so we have an explicit E on every show. Um, but. I, I can't. I, I used to sing when I was younger, but I can't carry a tune now. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I, honestly, I don't think I have a special skill. That makes me a little sad. I'm like, I'm I'm like the the character in the Disney movie that's shaded like a little bit gray. That gets like the kind of like sad like trumpet music when I come on. But by the <laughs> end, everybody rallies around me, and we figure out that like. I'm special because just of who I am. And so like maybe, maybe the folks in the community can tag me at fantasy gaffer and let me know what my special skill is. And, and I'll go out and I'll try and like learn it. Next time we talk to you, we want a special skill. All right. Uh, I, I, I'm going to have to not, I'm going to have to beg off and, and ask to not come on this show until like November of next year. Then you, You're going to have to outsing. <laughs> you're going to have to outsing Ryan. There we go. I can do that. I can. I can probably <laughs> outsing him. That, that is that a special skill? Is outsinging a guy that can't sing a special skill? Because I can do that. <laughs> well, you know what? Why not? And um, the uh, yeah, when Ryan came on the pod himself and Ben Dinnery, um Ben Dinnery was the record holder for making me use my. Um, I have a pistol shot that I use when people curse on the show. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan definitely kept me busy, and the thing with with his accent too is it's very hard to actually to isolate the curse in the middle of the word because he kind of throws the effing word right in the middle of two words, and it's kind of um it's it's a lot harder. Ben's one were were a lot easier. They were uh he was he was more defined and when he was cursing and when he wasn't, you know. Well, I give you, I give you credit. I give you credit for being able to understand a single word that Ben says. That's that's fantastic. And with Ryan, uh, Ryan, um, you guys probably know, but like we're um, we love uh, Lauren FC uh, up in Norn, and we've been following them and and their uh, many triumphs this season. But uh, Ryan did an entire. Uh, sort of a match recap from the sidelines, like BBC reporter style. And um, every episode, uh, every every clip was 30 seconds and started with, oh, this is Ryan from uh, Bang Average Podcast and fucking it's cold here. And you know, I, I said to him, uh, you, do, you know, you're cursing like all the time. And he said, no, I'm not. I said, yeah, like you say like like every other word. And he he literally said back to me, Oh no, it's just a word we say. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is part of his um, his way of speaking. Actually, yeah, it's um, it is part of it. It accentuates his point, as in he it, it adds weight to whatever words he's saying. Yeah, it's yeah, not that he's actually trying to be vulgar; it's just descriptive. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like um, if if he was texting, he would just like you know make it boldface. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so tell us, um, have you any particular type of music that you're into? What's your favorite type? I listen to a ton of EDM, um, which is probably all the sadder given my age. But um, 
yeah, really um, something like Zed's doing, and obviously the the remix of that, like Diplo's doing, and Jesus Christ, like uh, yeah, I, I listen to way too much EDM, and part of that is actually because my seven year old is really into EDM, and he's really into the names that they give themselves. So like um, San Holo or like Alice in Wonderland, like they crack him up. And then, like, he just wants to listen to those songs over and over and over and over again. So I'll get into my car in the morning, and I'll find that whatever station I've had the radio tuned to, he's tuned it back to an EDM station. And then, like, I just find myself <laughs> listening to EDM for, like, 15, 20, 30 minutes as I'm driving. Um, and every time, so he's every influenced, time. Yeah, yeah 100%. I'm, so I'm getting my music from, like, a very street-savvy seven-year-old. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, kids are just going to control all our music sooner or later. I I end up sometimes humming the tune to let it go because of my three-year-old. So <laughs> <laughs> That gets worse. I'm just going to let you know. That gets worse. Uh, right. So last but not least, do you have any guilty pleasures and bad habits? Oh, um, both of those would probably be answered by I drink craft beer. Is that is that a fair statement? Um, no, I bite my nails like a uh, yeah. I, I bit them to the quick when I was five years old, and they've never grown back. Uh, yeah, it just is what it is. Not good for strumming a guitar, so you, that's why you don't have guitar as your um, special skill. That's right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or or any other musical instrument. Uh, biting your nails, Don. It's also bad for playing the harmonica or the drums or. Uh, learning cello. I'm just. I'm gonna blame it all on the nail biting. Do you guys have this show called Bar Rescue? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking no. about? Oh Christ! All right. So there's this show. It's on American television, where um, the the sort of host is this guy John Taffer, and his claim to fame, or at least his self-reported claim to fame, is he's opened more successful bars and restaurants and nightclubs in the United States than anyone else. You know, he's opened places in Vegas and New York City and and what everywhere in between. And he goes in and uh, he he takes a dive bar, usually uh, one that's very dysfunctional and has mice running around it and whatnot. Uh, he screams at people for 20 minutes about how disgusting their restaurant and or bar is. He brings in two uh, experts to talk about uh, what they can do better. And then miraculously, by the end of 60 minutes, he has turned their business into one that is profitable and well-respected in the community. And uh, then the show ends. <laughs> that is unquestionably my guilty pleasure. I would watch that show for 400 straight hours if I could stay awake that long. <laughs> the number of people that you have uh, guilty pleasure is um, reality TV shows and nonsense, love island and stuff like that. But uh, John, John, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. Thanks a million for coming on the Three Amigos show, guys. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much, and I wish you a lot of continued success. One more.